1: Welcome to Primal Body, Primal Mind. Your host, Nora Gedgaudis, is here to take you on a fun-filled and informational journey through the mind and your body with a focus on neurofeedback and healthy nutrition and what it can do for you, your family, and friends. Now, here's your host, Nora Gedgaudis.
0: Well, welcome once again to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. I am your host, Nora Gedgaudis, and I'm broadcasting to you from beautiful Portland, Oregon, here in the Pacific, in the incomparable Uh, albeit soggy Pacific Northwest. So it is my pleasure today to invite uh, our fellow radio show host, uh, blogger and low-carb aficionado to the show, the irrepressible Jimmy Moore. And uh, for those of you who don't know who Jimmy is, well, Jimmy Moore is a low-carb weight loss and health blogger from Spartanburg, South Carolina. The name of his wildly popular blog is Livin' La Vida Low Carb. Quite possibly one of the most inspired names I've heard in a while. And he has a podcast twice weekly by this very same name. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be a guest on uh, Jimmy's show a couple of months ago, in fact. Uh, he was quite the gracious and generous host. And uh, Jimmy also teams up with his beautiful wife, Christine, for weekly and very funny stints on their Live in La Vita Low Carb Video series. I'm telling you, this guy just doesn't quit. He's sort of the uh, Energizer Bunny of the uh, low-carb blogosphere, I think. But at any rate, Jimmy is also right on the cusp of releasing his sure-to-be-wildly successful new book, 21 Life Lessons from Living La Vida Low-Carb, How the Healthy Low-Carb Lifestyle Changed Everything I Thought I Knew. Well... Jimmy's story, uh the one that inspired it all, is going to pretty much blow your socks off, and it's even going to inspire you. It's just a real pleasure welcoming Jimmy to this show. Welcome, Jimmy. Well, hey, Nora. Well, hey. <laughs> well, sir, <so> it's <laughs> you know- my turn this time around to show you a little northern hospitality.
2: There you go. Yeah, I enjoyed having you on my show and look forward to sharing that. uh I think it's coming up in early October when we actually finally air it and uh, i'm looking forward to sharing that because you you have a lot of great things to say as well.
0: Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, i it was uh it was really fun being on your show. So, um, so for a guy who a little over uh, 5 years ago was uh, pretty much steadily eating himself into an early grave as you say, uh you're doing pretty gosh darn well.
2: <laughs> you know, I've been blessed, Nora, I really have uh, the the past 5 years if people had told me back when I weighed over 400 pounds, that I would be doing what I'm doing today in in the year 2009, heading into 2010, telling people about health. I would have thought you were some kind of space alien, and yet here I am and and doing what I can from a layman's perspective to get the word out about healthy living.
0: Yeah, so why don't you tell, for people who aren't familiar with your story, why don't you uh, go ahead and tell our audience how this whole saga started. I mean, you weren't always the the dapper, svelte, and slender guy we see on the cover of your new book now, were you?
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, in fact, uh, you know, I've been big my entire life, Nora. I grew up uh, in a family of big people. In fact, I was born big. When I was born, my mama tells me she was so ready to get me out of her because, <laughs> <laughs> because I was a big boy. I was born really 11. scarfing up those carbs, huh? Oh, yeah, I was scarfing them up in, as, a, as a fetus, so... Eleven and three quarter pounds was what I weighed when I came out. Holy and buckets!
0: And your mom will so probably I never forgiven me for that either, has she? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, she had to go through Christmas because I was born two days after Christmas, so she oh, was in the hospital for Christmas that year. So. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I was big, and my whole family was always big. I have an older brother, uh, Kevin, that that got really big as well. My mom was always big. Uh, we went through some, you know, divorces with the family and, of course, the emotions that come with that, you know, make you eat more. Sure. Uh We just grew up in a culture of uh eating whatever we wanted. There was really no sense of eating, quote-unquote, healthy. It was all about what could we afford. My mom was a single mom for a while, so we had the, you know, the hamburger helper and the instant mashed potatoes and all these things that... You know, the Paleolithic man would not recognize as food. Right. Uh, right. Um, and they were normal parts of our life. And, uh, I, you know, I know a lot of Americans can, can definitely relate with that because that's how they grew up. And, and, and even when you did try to eat quote unquote healthy, what's the first thing you eliminate, Nora? It's the fat. Right,
0: right. And, well, yes. In, in terms of the conventional mantra, that is, that is what people most everywhere seem to think uh, as a default that low-fat yeah. eating is the way to be healthy.
2: Oh, and my mom did every low-fat diet you can think of. Nora, growing up, she she was a big lady, uh, and we were all big. And so we'd all try these low-fat this, Weight Watchers that, uh, you know, take off pounds sensibly, all these wonderful programs that are out there as support. Unfortunately, they're based on a nutritional lie. Right. And until people can understand what that nutritional lie is for their body they're never going to be able to overcome their weight problems. So, you know, flash forward, we're adults now, um, um, the year 2004, my brother had already had some heart attacks and uh, health problems related to his obesity and and his poor choices for food, let's put it that way. My mom decided that she needed to have gastric bypass surgery in order to overcome her weight. Right. Um, this I have a sister, Beverly, who is not real big, but she could stand to lose some weight. She also has struggled, uh, for most of her life with weight problems. So, you know, here we have a whole family full of people that just struggled their entire lives. And here I come along in 2004, decide to read Dr. Atkins' New Diet Revolution. And it totally revolutionized the way I thought about diet. So, uh, never so I'm, I'm just had really I-
0: curious, you know, because, um, you know, I mean, you're obviously a very passionate guy nowadays, but what was your real wake-up call? I mean, that, that epiphany, what life-changing moment where you looked at yourself and the carbs bursting out of the seams of your kitchen cupboards and, and your trousers and said, you know, no more?
2: What, what yeah, you, know, you know, it it wasn't really the food that, that changed me. It it was kind of a series of events. I, I share these in my first book uh, about my weight loss experience because they're too important for people to, to miss because I think sometimes we think... Oh, we need that great aha moment, Nora, to really kind of shake us into reality. And for me, it wasn't just one moment. It was kind of a series of moments that built upon each other and built and built and built. And finally, it was like, whoa, you know, where am I? Some of those things include, you know, trying to get in and out of my car Uh. and noticing that I would rip my pants quite a bit. (laughs) <laughs> That's quite embarrassing. And, and that, that kind of makes you go, well, wait a minute. Why is that happening? There's nothing wrong with me, and yet there was something really wrong with me. Gosh darn pant manufacturers, yeah. Exactly. They need to stop shrinking them when I wash them. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then there was the uh, the fall festival at my church. They had this carnival, and the rock wall was there, and all these kids were climbing up the rock wall, and uh, adults were following the kids and, and just going up and down like little spiders. And I thought, well, I can do that. And little did I know I was 400 pounds and I could not do that. But yeah. I tried. I got up there and, and took a step on one of the rocks and it slipped off. You know, I started looking around. People were kind of staring. So I was like, well, i got to try this now. I'm too far in it now to back out yeah. <laughs> now, North. So I started again and I slipped again. And I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be embarrassing. So finally I just lunged myself up there. I started climbing a couple of rocks, and I twisted my ankle on one of them, fell completely down, and I was just so dejected at that point that I thought, you know, something's really wrong here. And it had not clicked until that happened. And then one final thing that happened was I was a substitute teacher in the months before I went on the Atkins diet. And, uh, and I was teaching a class that day. I was writing on the chalkboard exactly what the lesson was for. I believe it was a sixth grade English class. And this little boy from the back of the room yells out, Man, Mr. Moore's really fat! Oh, really? <laughs> and I turned around. Of course, the whole class started busting out laughing. <laughs> and I turned around and started laughing just to keep from crying because, uh, that was, uh, that was pretty stark. Uh, at how uh, truthful that statement was. And what's ironic, Nora, is the kid that said it was a a pudgy little, (laughs) morbid little beast little boy, and yet here he is calling his teacher a fat person. Uh, Right. But that really haunted me for a while, and I think that last one, in addition to kind of the cumulative effects of all these other things I talked about, really got me to thinking, you know, know, Jimmy, you know. Those
0: things for you to even be aware that you had a weight problem? Say again? So it actually took all of those things happening to to kind of wake you up to the fact that you even had a weight problem. No, no, or just, or I just knew how I, bad that it had become. I guess
2: I knew I had a weight problem. The denial part of it, Nora, and I think so many people, this is where they are. They don't realize just how bad it is. When I was 400 plus pounds, I thought I was about 300 pounds.
0: Right. Okay.
2: And, and when you lose track of it. Of course, no scale would weigh me, so I didn't know what I weighed. I just Mm. knew that I had an issue, but everything I had tried before had always failed. It's back to that low-fat mantra again that I felt like if I had to eat low-fat, I'd rather eat whatever I want than have to do that.
0: Right. Wow. So now, you know, of course, you know, most people, um, you know, think of weight loss Or, well, I mean, just how big a a carbivore were you once upon a time? I mean, I read where you once consumed uh, the equivalent of 16 to 20 cans of Coca-Cola on a daily basis before you started living the La Vida low-carb lifestyle. I mean, gee, I'm sure they miss your business. (laughs) And I'm sure the reason their stocks plummeted, uh, I'm sure they, they, I thought the reason their stocks plummeted was because of the economy.
2: Yeah, the Jimmy Moore's of the world are no longer buying 16 to 20 uh, cans of Coca-Cola a day. Yeah, I did. I drank that many. And when you stop and think about a can of Coca-Cola has, what, 45 grams of pretty much high fructose corn syrup all. Yeah. Uh, multiply that times 20. I mean, that's 900 grams of carbohydrate that I was putting into my body just from the Coca-Cola intake. That doesn't count the whole boxes of Little Debbie snack cakes that I would eat. Um, at a time, and wouldn 't even think about it, it was just you know the Swiss miss rolls down. they were just the whole box would be gone uh, and some people would hear that and go, well didn't you know that was kind of wrong and but you got to remember people that have that mindset of I just feel like i can 't do well on anything, so i 'm just going to eat how i want that's that 's how they eat, yeah,
0: I guess so, you know you just you 're not even thinking about it you 're just reaching for stuff. But you know that that's a heck of a transition for you to go from what you were you know more than nine hundred grams um, you know uh, of carbohydrates a day, which I just can't even begin to fathom.
2: Um, yeah. You know, to, to,
0: to, to you know Robert Atkins, you know uh, way of way of doing things. Uh, what kind of a, that had to have been an in, kind of an incredible transition for you.
2: You know, Nora, a a lot of people say, well, how can you give up all that sugar and how can you give up all those things? People talk about what they have to give up when they change to a a primal-type diet like an Atkins diet or or what you um, uh, have written about. It's one of those things that once you start doing it and once you get past those, I I guess, those uh, withdrawal symptoms because, quite frankly, sugar is a drug. Sure. whether people to admit it or not, sugar is extremely addictive, probably the most addictive substance in our uh, place today you know more than cocaine, uh, you know more than heroin all these things that people talk about are addictive. You hardly ever people, hear people talk about how addictive sugar is, and if we could remove the sugar from their diets they're going to start shaking they're going to start i mean Nora, that first day I was on Atkins, I wanted to kill myself it was since I was in such pain from the withdrawals, I really, I mean, my wife will tell you, I was crawled up on a couch in the fetal position. I was in such pain. My body was shaking. You know, part of that was caffeine withdrawal, too. Oh, yeah. It it, it just, it almost tore me up to the point that I could not stand it any longer. And all it was was one day without sugar and caffeine.
0: <laughs>
2: and... It wasn't until three days later, three days after being on the Atkins diet and following it exactly as Dr. Atkins had written, uh, was I able to finally start to feel, okay, something's happening here. I can, I can feel it happening. And within two weeks, I had lost a total of about 16 pounds. Of course, I was 4'10", so I, I had a lot to lose. Right. At the end of that first month, I had lost 30 pounds. I felt so good at that point, Nora, that I wanted to go exercise, so I joined a gym, started going to exercise on the treadmill every day, started kind of working my way up, you know, 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there at 3 miles an hour because I was still a big boy, and the second month I lost 40 pounds, and it's just, it's just, continued to go on that entire but year. It
0: snowballed from there, of course, snowball yeah. going in the other direction, getting smaller <laughs> as it comes down the hill. Exactly. Well, Jimmy, hold that thought, because uh, when we come back, I want to hear more about this incredible story, um, this, this weight loss story, which really everybody needs to hear about. Um, we're talking today with Jimmy Moore of Live and La Vida Low Carb. My name is Nora Gagaudis, and you're listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. Please stay tuned. We've got lots more to come.
3: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: NBC science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora getgautis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended, a jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgoudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Looking for a different kind of health show? One that addresses you and your health? Let The Blood Detective, finding healing solutions naturally, address your individual needs and questions. Host Dr. Michael Wald has spent over 20 years studying and helping his patients uncover the causes of health problems, solutions, and answers to keep them healthy. Now he's here to help you. Tune in to The Blood Detective, finding healing solutions naturally, live every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and
4: Wellness Channel. Want to learn more about neurofeedback? Want to find a trained clinician for yourself or for a loved one? Or maybe you are a professional looking to offer this powerful, non-invasive technique to improve results for your toughest clients. At EEG Info, we are the leading provider of neurofeedback resources, videos, and training for the next generation of neurofeedback professionals. If you want to improve symptoms of emotional and behavioral dysfunction, this non-invasive approach is the answer you've been looking for. Neurofeedback is successful in helping people of all ages achieve a feeling of greater health and well-being. Visit us at eeginfo.com today to learn more about neurofeedback or to find a local clinician who can help you or someone you love. Unlock the full potential of your brain today. Visit eeginfo.com.
3: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora.
0: Well, welcome back to the show. Well, we're here today with Jimmy Moore of Livin' La Vida Low Carb. We're, you know, we're talking about his... Uh, he went, when we went to commercial break, we, uh, Jimmy was telling us about his incredible, uh, weight loss story. And, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm still really interested, uh, and, uh, when you were going through the throes of withdrawal, uh, so many people at that point would have just said, you know, this isn't worth it. It's not worth feeling like this. It's not worth all this pain and, and, and everything that I'm experiencing. You know, would would an English muffin hurt so badly right now? <laughs> I'm just curious, what kept you going at that point?
2: Nora, you know, it, it was the realization I was 32 years old at the time, and at the age of 32, my brother Kevin, who uh, was four years older than me at the time, he had had um, a series of heart attacks himself uh. that pretty much put him on relying on medications and diet and various other things to try to keep his heart from basically giving out. And knowing what he had gone through and seeing he, he too was morbidly obese, probably pushing 450, 500 pounds at the time, um, seeing what he went through, I just made up my mind that this was it, Nora. Yeah. I mean, if it was going to kill me, then by golly, it was just going to have to kill me. But I was going to do this, and I was going to be successful. And And one other thing... I wanted to prove to all the naysayers that had seen me lose weight, gain, lose weight, gain, lose weight, gain over and over again. I wanted to prove to them that this was not going to be the same. I was going to make this a permanent and healthy lifestyle change for me. And here it is almost six years later, and I'm still eating that same permanent healthy lifestyle change that got me the weight off to begin with.
0: Right, right, yeah. You know, it's, there's so many people that have that attitude um and i uh, yeah I, I can't tell you how many times i've heard it you know that oh you know if you you know you you get away from carbs sooner or later sooner or later you know you're going to rebound and um that that's just not uh, at all uh necessarily true actually i i found that the more completely you eliminate carbohydrates um it's i think the people that, that kind of you know hang on to to a significant percentage of carbs and just try to do uh you know slightly fewer or whatever that end up rebounding more because their bodies are still really dependent on sugar uh right. as the primary source of fuel the body just you know has a little less of it uh, to work with and feels feels the deprivation but once you teach your body to uh, be more of a fat burner than a sugar burner then it you know the sugar becomes a non issue
2: right I yeah. think one of the issues that comes up, Nora, is a lot of the research that has come out about carbohydrate restriction. when you look at the actual amount of carbs that they're feeding these people on their low carb groups it 's actually like forty percent carbohydrate right and n- n- none of the none of the low carb plans that i 've read really go that high in carbohydrate. It's much, much lower, probably 5 to 10% on the high end and closer to zero like you're talking about um, when you're talking about a genuinely low-carb diet. But even with those moderate changes, people are seeing uh, improvements based on the standard American diet, but definitely there are even greater improvements when you can lower it down even more.
0: Right. And of course, you know, most people think of you know, weight loss diets when it comes to low carb eating, but that's just a scratch on the surface uh-huh. of the iceberg of what low carb eating can do for your health. I mean, yeah. you're 180 plus pounds lighter than you once were, but, you know, and, uh, but what about all of the prescription drugs you were on? Or, you know, what were just a, what were just a few of your health problems that you no longer have since losing those carbs?
2: You know, I wasn't really really bad sick like my my brother had gotten to the point where his you know heart gave him heart attacks, but I was on prescription medications for high cholesterol. I was on uh, high blood pressure medication. I was taking Advair, and that's the one that that helps you breathe and opens up your 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 breathing uh, your lungs so you can breathe. I, I was having the wheezing and things like that, um, and then just kind of quality of life issues, Nora. You know, yeah. how convenient is it to go to a movie and you try to sit down and you have to kind of do the little dance into the seat to get up, be able to get down in the seat? I right. mean, unless somebody has been huge, they don't know what that's like. They don't know what it feels like to go on an airplane and have to ask for that extension uh for the seat belt. It, it's embarrassing. And those are the kinds of things that...
0: Well, I, nowadays, I they're any- charging you for, the, for a double seat.
2: I know. It's like, man, I, I lost my weight at a good time because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <I'm> getting <laughs> it some- Yeah. It's it's crazy. And yet, you know, how many of us are out there walking around doing those exact things every single day and totally oblivious to it? Yeah, yeah.
0: Man. So um you have another book actually that's been around for a while, um, called "Live and Low Carb, my journey from flabby fat to sensationally skinny in one year. Now, you wrote that, um, I, uh, I think you said, just like the year after you initially lost all that
2: weight. Yeah, I wanted it to be fresh on my mind while I still uh, had had gone through the experience. Like now, sometimes I have to go back and reread that book because I have to remind myself, all right? what was that experience like because I'm right. a little bit uh, food from it. So I wanted to write a book that would be like fresh right then. In fact, I started writing it. Within months after losing the weight in 2004, I lost 180 pounds 2004. And so starting around, you know, December, January of 2004 into 2005, people were like, how'd you do it? How'd you do it? How'd you do it? I'm like, leave me alone. I'm going to write a book about it. Yeah. (laughs) And I I actually started my blog uh, as a means to kind of get the word out there about who I was and what I was doing and, and what I had been able to do. And, uh, and released that book in October of two thousand five, uh, just to kind of give the weight loss success story, basically the story of what happened.
0: Yeah, so that I mean, and, and I mean, your blog is is kind of incredibly huge. As a matter of fact, I think you got you got so many websites. <laughs> I think I kind of, you know, lost track while trying to count them all. I mean, how how many websites do you actually have going right now?
2: Well, as far as what I contribute to and and have uh, ownership of, and if you add them all together, it's probably a dozen wow. that I write yeah um, as far as the uh, day to day operations of what i run um, it's it's probably about half a dozen if you count the podcast show, the YouTube video series, uh my forum, my menus blog, my uh, main blog and couple other blogs that I run, but most of it I just try to syndicate the uh, commentary out there that I do in a lot of different places so people can find the message that I'm trying to share.
0: Yeah, wow. I mean, you started out, of course, doing all this back in 2004. It's incredible how far you've come you know, with your blog and your business now in just such a short time. And, man, you're at it blogging and broadcasting pretty much every single day.
2: I think my favorite part of it, Nora, is being able to talk to people like yourself and different other experts in the world of health on my podcast show, uh, the Live and a Vita Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. It's just been such a privilege. You know, I, here I am just some, some guy that lost some weight, and all these people are wanting to come on my show and talk about healthy living uh, from a unique perspective. And I, I think it does a great service to people um, who are out there trying to learn and trying to get beyond the conventional wisdom of our day and getting the real message of what they need to be hearing about their health.
0: Yeah, it's one thing, I think, when you read, you know, a theoretical model behind why a certain dietary approach might be a good thing for you or not, but it's quite a different thing for folks, especially people who are really uh, scared or really new to this whole thing, uh, to find somebody like yourself that is um, so knowledgeable about, um, about all this because they have been through it themselves. You know, they're able to draw from your own experience and be inspired by your own experience um, in a way that uh has just got to be inspiring to them.
2: Well I think you're exactly right and, and that's the unfortunate thing that too many of these, as I call them, so called health experts out there are trying to tell people how they need to lose weight and tell people what they need to do to, to get healthy. They don't have any credibility in the minds of a lot of lay people because they themselves haven't gone through it them, you know, like I have. You know, right. I, can, I can say I, verifiably this is what it felt like being 400 pounds. You know, not many people in the world of health can say that. Now, granted, a lot of people that do get involved in health like me, you know, used to have some kind of an issue with their weight or with their health that this kind of changed their life, and now they're inspired to, to tell them. But those examples are few and far between.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, they they are, and which is you know part of why what you do is so, I think, incredibly valuable. And I mean, it's a great, um, I mean, I think it's a great gateway uh, to the whole sort of low carb experience. There's so much information out there, including Atkins books and um, a whole lot of other things. But it's it's so uh, comforting to people, I think, to be sort of um, hand held by somebody who, you know, has has walked where they're walking.
2: Well, and Nora, quite frankly, ever since Dr. Atkins uh, uh, slipped and fell in that ice and, and yeah, tragically let's, let's died. Yeah, let's get
0: clear about how he died, shall we? Uh, there's this urban legend that he died of a heart attack. I can't tell you how many people have said that to
2: me. Yeah, I know, and it's unfortunate that that, that misconception is out there, and unfortunately, it's by a, a group of very radical, uh, you know, vegetarians that only want to discredit what he has had to say, you know. It, unfortunate but when we come back i'm sure i'll be able to tell the story of uh, how that happened
0: yeah that would be yeah let, let's do that um so folks we have to take a little break here please stick around we've got jimmy moore of live and levita low carb here with us today it's a real treat to have him and uh we will be back in just a minute so please stay tuned
3: your life your health your network you're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: NBC science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Getgautis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended, a jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host says, if you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book, Go Beyond the Low-Carb and Paleo Diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Edgoudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com.
4: Want to learn more about neurofeedback? Want to find a trained clinician for yourself or for a loved one? Or maybe you are a professional looking to offer this powerful, non-invasive technique to improve results for your toughest clients. At EEG Info, we are the leading provider of neurofeedback resources, videos, and training for the next generation of neurofeedback professionals. If you want to improve symptoms of emotional and behavioral dysfunction, this non-invasive approach is the answer you've been looking for. Neurofeedback is successful in helping people of all ages achieve a feeling of greater health and well-being. Visit us at eeginfo.com today to learn more about neurofeedback or to find a local clinician who can help you or someone you love. Unlock the full potential of your brain today. Visit eeginfo.com.
2: The Interstate Sportsman Talk radio show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news. Talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join host Brock Ray and Don Kirk Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 Eastern, for the Interstate Sportsman on the Voice America Channel.
3: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora.
0: Well, welcome back to the show. And we've got Jimmy Moore here today of Live and La Vida Low Carb. And uh, when we went to break, we were talking a little bit about uh, Robert Atkins and sort of his legacy. And also, uh, we were wanting to kind of dispel the myth <laughs> of how Robert Atkins actually died because it's something that keeps coming up again and again. Uh, sort of, it's, it's a bit of an urban legend that he died of a heart attack, uh, which is not at all true. And uh, you were saying something about that when we went to break.
2: Yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, there's been a very concerted effort, Nora, on the part of a very vocal minority, uh, mostly vegetarians, who would like nothing more than to discredit the Atkins diet. Right. They don't really care about a- Dr. Atkins, the man. It's the Atkins diet that they're trying to discredit. So anything that they can do that would give a negative, uh, I guess, yeah. perception in the kinds of people, um, they're going to do. And so when he died... It was like, oh, here's our chance. Let's really, you know, play up that he had heart disease and had all these these terrible problems with his heart. When you know, the fact is, the man was an older man. He yeah. was like in his 70s. He slipped and fell on some ice and banged his head really hard uh, in New York City, and and had fluid build up, and it, it was just, it was really an unfortunate set of yeah. uh, circumstances that took him from us. Uh, I think way too early. Because um, the man definitely was a very healthy um, individual before his before this accident.
0: Yeah, and and that is that is absolutely true. So um, I'm, I'm glad we I'm glad we talked about that. But I'd like to uh, so you know let's talk about your new book, the uh, 21 yeah. Life Lessons from Living vita Low Carb: How the Healthy Low Carb Lifestyle Changed Everything I Thought I Knew. Now we don't have time this whole hour to get through every one of these. 21 Life Lessons, but I'd maybe like to cover a few of them with you if that's okay. Sure. Absolutely. So, you know, lesson number one, low carb is much more than a diet. It's a healthy lifestyle change.
2: Yeah, you know, when I went on this uh, diet, and that's what it was when I first started, it was a diet, um, I thought, okay, this is a great way to lose weight, Nora. Yeah. And it was totally about the weight loss. It was all about the weight loss pretty much, and yet over the past five years, as I've educated myself and interviewed various people on my podcast show and blog and really dug into the research that's out there, I discovered, you know what, this is so much more than just a weight loss diet. This truly is something that you can do for the rest of your life to make yourself as healthy as you possibly can be. Yeah. I never realized how important HDL cholesterol was. I didn't even know what triglycerides were. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that there was a difference between the particle size of LDL. Mm-hmm. So you get all these issues that, that are just totally oblivious to most people, and yet there they are improving on a low-carb diet.
0: Yep. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned, of course, you know, the the whole cholesterol thing, which, of course, is your number two, meaning yeah. that most cholesterol tests by your doctor are virtually meaningless, which, of meaningless. course, I have a whole chapter on that in my own book as well. It's It's incredible how... Um, the number one thing that people are most concerned about when it comes to evaluating their health is, you know, what's my cholesterol? And, and when you're eating a diet that is uh, largely composed of um, animal fats and animal proteins, you know, the first thing that comes, you know, to people's minds, and the first thing they they say when their eyes fly open is, "Oh my God, what are your cholesterol levels like?"
2: Yeah, yeah. And, the uh, diet wow. heart hypothesis. The diet heart hypothesis has totally been ingrained in this society for so long. Thank you, Ansel Keys and
0: yeah, exactly. George
2: McGovern and all these people that really kind of put low-fat on the map. You know, I, I think, Nora, someday we're going to look back on history at this time when low-fat kind of took over, and, and, and history's going to kind of laugh on this day and age.
0: <laughs> well, laugh or cry. I mean, it, was, it really seemed to coincide oh. with, a, with, a, with a mass downturn in the health of our society. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we've become a carbohydrate-based culture uh, for the first time in all of human history. Well, And, and
2: uh, Paleolithic, I was yeah, going to say, ahead. the Paleolithic have never worried about these kinds of things. No, they didn't. You know, they, they ate meat. They ate the marrow. They, they, they ate everything that we're not supposed to eat, according to the health experts of the day. Right, and they've been eating
0: it for 2.6 million years. You know, exactly. it, it, if those things were so bad for us, we never would have made it this far.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
0: So of course, this brings us to number three: sugar and high-fructose corn syrup are serious threats to health. Of course, we you know that the, uh, the corn growers now have uh, have launched a new campaign to try to discredit the discrediting of uh, of, of you know the dangers of high-fructose corn syrup, um, and uh, it is a very very uh, serious issue. It's actually, I believe, the number one source of calories in the American diet right now. In fact.
2: And definitely the number one source of carbohydrate as well. Right. As, as evidenced by my 16 to 20 cans of Coca-Cola. Oh,
0: man. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you see teenage, you know, of course, these, these, uh, pop machines are in, in high schools and in elementary schools and, um, pretty much on every street corner. Uh, we are a nation of, of soda guzzlers.
2: And, and they and, put HFCS in everything, Nora. I mean, high fructose corn syrup. You, you can't hardly look at anything. On supermarket store shelves these days, and not find some sort of high fructose corn syrup derivative.
0: Right. Yeah. It's you know I, I've um, I've had Kurt Ellis on my show from King Corn, and you know we we actually spent a whole hour talking about uh, this that that very issue, yep. um, or a good part of a show talking about that very issue. I mean, high, yeah, high fructose corn syrup is a serious, serious problem. Of course, fructose is 20 to 30 times more glycating than glucose, and so it actually does quite a bit more damage than uh, to your system than just regular uh, table sugar.
2: Yeah, and again, people are totally oblivious to it because they're like, "Oh, this uh, this thing I'm eating, it's just got sugar in it," and right. yet they don't realize high fructose corn syrup is much worse than sugar. And not, not that sugar's any better, but but it, right. it's a it's a little worse.
0: Right. Well, people hear fruit doesn't it? like, well, that's just fruit sugar, isn't it? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, not exactly. Yeah. So, so that brings us to number four, low-fat, low-calorie diets do not have a monopoly on healthy. I don't even think yep. they have uh, a leg to stand on when it comes to the idea of healthy.
2: No, they don't. And, and, and I put don't have a monopoly on healthy because what is the first thing that people think of when you say, what's a healthy diet? Right, Low fat, low calorie, and I would even add vegetarian, vegan diets. That's what people would say is, quote, unquote, healthy. And yet, in that chapter, I outline a lot of the studies that have come out that kind of disprove that. Yeah. You know, the, the, the whole idea that eating a high fruits and vegetables only diet is going to keep you from having breast cancer. Well, that's not exactly true. It doesn't. It doesn't help at all.
0: Yeah. Well, I can tell you that the least healthy people that have come through my practice, certainly from a neurological perspective, have basically been, um, in particular, the hardcore vegans, but also just the very diehard uh, vegetarians. Uh, Some of them have have health problems that are just so intractable as to, you know, you, you just really don't even know where to start.
2: Yeah, it's the lack of fat in their diet.
0: Well, that's that's part of it, but you know, you've got to. It's also the excess of of carbohydrates. You can't be a vegetarian or a vegan without basically having a starch based diet, unless you're a raw food vegan, which is um, one of those diets that's maybe fine for a month or two. It's uh, very cleansing, but it's not cleansing and rebuilding are not the same thing. So, um, but that's that's a whole other tangent. I'm not sure we want to get off on that right now, but. But, uh, you know, number five for you is the, uh, the media and so-called experts are dead wrong about low carb.
2: And, uh, They've been getting for years, Nora. The, yeah. the, you know, it, it, it kills me. Every time you, you, uh, you read a, a study or a news report about low carb, they say the artery clogging saturated yeah. fat Atkins diet is not like, the healthy... I, I, would, I think I would keel over one of these days if I ever read a headline that says, the healthy low-carb lifestyle. You know, yeah, right, right. They'll never do that.
0: Well, I think that there are too many vested interests financially uh, on too many fronts uh, right now that are profiting from this carbohydrate-based um, lifestyle that most Americans lead. It, it, it certainly... Feeds the interests of the pharmaceutical companies, of the food industry, of the medical industry, and, um, you know, there are so many, uh, well meaning physicians out there, but, um, but they basically, you know, are, are being spoon fed, <laughs> uh, information in medical school that is designed to uphold, uh, the interests of, uh, of pharmaceutical companies, and so, uh, there's more misinformation out there than than good information, unfortunately. I can see we're coming up on another break here. So uh, when we come back, we will talk uh, again with uh, Jimmy Moore of Live in La Vida Low Carb. So please stay tuned. We'll be back in just a minute.
3: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: NBC science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gidgoudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended, a jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host says, if you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gebgoudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com.
0: best.
2: Is there truly a lesson in every situation? Can you learn from another person's experiences or are lessons learned when they only happen to you? Dave Pelzer, number one national and number one international best-selling author, challenges listeners to stand tall, to be accountable no matter what the setbacks, and to recommit to enhancing their lives as well as assisting others around them. Listen to The Dave Pelzer Show every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice
3: America Radio Network.
1: You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show.
0: Here's Nora. Well, welcome back to the show. Well, we're here today with Jimmy Moore of Live Live, La Levita Low Carb talking about his new book, 21 Life Lessons from living La Vida Low Carb, How the Healthy Low Carb Lifestyle Changed Everything I Thought I Knew. So, Jimmy, tell me, what would you say has surprised you the most about the low-carb lifestyle?
2: That it works. <laughs> that, and I, I say that I say that kind of facetiously because so many people say, well, you go on a low-carb diet, you're just going to gain it all back, so I don't know why you would go on that diet. Right. But the fact is, you stick with it and you stay on it. And, and when I say works, I'm not just talking about the weight loss. I'm talking about all these health things that we were talking about earlier. I, I had no idea just how healthy eating a high fat, moderate protein, low carbohydrate diet was going to be. If I'd known that, Nora, you know, 20 years ago, I'd have been eating this way 20 years ago.
0: You know, I think the biggest—it uh, isn't what's necessarily what surprised me the most, but what the biggest myth I think uh, that that uh, was for me to, uh, you know, was for me was the realization that there's just not one single iota of deprivation that I feel eating this way. I mean, it's it, you don't—it's not like you go on low carb and you that it's not necessarily a deprivation diet. <laughs>
2: Well, and unlike the low-calorie, low-fat diets when you have your little portion-controlled, calorie-controlled piece of a meal,
0: right. if you're hungry an hour later,
2: too and bad. bad. You're well,
0: stuck. Well, here's the deal. When you're on a carbohydrate-based diet, too, you're pretty much a slave to having to maintain your blood sugar all the time. When you're dependent on blood sugar as your primary source of fuel, you are a slave to your blood sugar, and you're having to eat all the time. And, uh, you know, if you can get your body to, to learn to depend on fat instead of sugar, then eating becomes more of a, you know, more of a, more of an option, you know, throughout yeah. the day, as opposed to something that becomes this dire necessity every few hours. And, uh, that's, you know, that's another uh, thing that, that people come to realize is that they don't actually end up eating as much as they were when they ate carbohydrates, not because they feel the need to deprive themselves, but because it's you don't need to.
2: Yeah. The, the hunger thing was the biggest thing for me, Nora, um, on a low-fat diet that I tried so many years. I would get so frustrated from being so hungry that I would just say the heck with it and go binge and, of course, gain my weight back. But with low-carb, I have yet to have any time when I've eaten a good, high-fat, moderate-protein, low-carbohydrate food I've yet to experience hunger, um, you know, where I have to ravenously go eat something. If I'm hungry, I just go get some more fat and protein. (laughs) Right,
0: right, right. And it's it's not the kind of thing that doesn't put you on this roller coaster that every couple of hours suddenly it just comes back to bite you again or giving you, you know, caffeine cravings and and that sort of a thing where you need to do something to, to bring your blood sugar up because you're getting irritable, you're getting tired, you're getting foggy. Um, I can go practically all day without eating, not that I necessarily think people should go all day without eating, but I can do that if I'm really busy, and I might get hungry, but I'm not going to get the brain fog and the dizziness and the irritability and the headaches and the, you know, God knows what else, the, the fatigue, the jitters, you know, all the things that come with symptoms of quote-unquote low blood sugar. Um, I don't depend upon blood sugar for my primary source of fuel, And so for me, those are non-issues when it comes to the whole mood and cognitive equation. And that's actually been, I think, the most freeing thing for me.
2: Yeah, and and that runs counter to a lot of the uh, studies that have come out even in in recent years. We've seen a lot of these studies, you know, Atkins diet impairs cognitive function. And I'm like, have you been on it? Do you (laughs) really know? Right.
0: Well, I think, you know, In the initial stages of this sort of a thing, when you have somebody whose brain has depended upon sugar for its primary source of fuel, is super dependent, and you make that initial switch, it takes time for you to metabolically adapt to burning a different form of fuel, in other words, fat. And so in the interim, during that time period where your body is trying to metabolically adjust to this rude awakening of, oh, oh, you know, oh, we're going to we're we're trying to switch over to a more natural form of fuel burning. Um, a person might feel like like you said you experienced pain and you you went through some stuff for a few days and um I think that that can be um, a normal kind of part of the transition, but i don 't think it's an essential part of the transition. There are things a person can do to make it really pretty pain free um, and uh, there are things you can do supplementally to kind of help your brain, give your brain something to work with so that it doesn't have those cognitive issues um, and so that you're not having those symptoms while you're making that transition. But in that transition period, sure, you might experience brain fog and all that sort of a thing because your body is having to adjust to something very, very different.
2: Right. That's like I think
0: pr- where where these studies are a bit misleading because they're really not looking at the long term outcome of uh of you know, moving to a low carb diet and a and they need fat to, diet.
2: They, um, need, they need to uh, a study of people like me, <laughs> right? That have been on a while and very well adapted to carbohydrate uh, restriction, and then measure cognitive function. Because I, I don't know about you, but I, I think clearer. I have more uh, ability to just do what I want to do mentally than I ever did, and I wasn't as stupid person. I mean I was always I always got good grades in school, but it, it just seems like the floodgates open to the brain to say, Whoa, this is how you're supposed to feel normal.
0: <laughs> right. Well it's a very fat, it's a very even burning fuel. It's just it's putting a log on the fire that just, you know, um keeps your brain going pretty much all day long. You don't uh you don't have the highs and lows. And so um you know it's it's yeah it's it's a form of fuel that is the form of fuel that we were designed to burn um, as a primary source of fuel. Sugars, you know, it's turbocharged rocket fuel. It's something that our bodies and our brains rely upon in a state of emergency. But, you know, it's not practical to be living on rocket fuel all the time. And unfortunately, that's our whole culture. Well, Jimmy, uh, I'm just as... Pleased as punch, you were able to be on the show today. I, I, I know how passionate you are and how many people you have helped with your remarkable story. It's, it's a, an amazing tale, and it's one that continues, I'm sure, to inspire a lot of people out there.
2: Thank you, Nora. It's really been a pleasure being on your show, and I, I really appreciate the work you're doing. Keep it up.
0: Uh, I will. I will. And then don't be a stranger, okay, dude? <laughs>
2: Absolutely. We'll, yeah. we'll talk to you soon.
0: I, I, I like to think so. And uh, for all of the rest of you out there, to please tune in next week to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio, where we're going to be welcoming back Dr. Daniel Chong, naturopathic physician, um, basically to continue our important and all too unfinished discussion about why and how you and your whole family can and should live a gluten-free lifestyle. I mean, this show is too important to miss. so. Please tune in next week for that, and until then, remember, if it wouldn't look like food to somebody wandering around 40,000 years ago with a loincloth and a spear, it's not food for you now either. I'm Norik at Goudis, and you've been listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. I would like to thank my sponsors, the EEG Institute, offering the most trusted and respected source of information and training for neurofeedback, truly world leaders in the field. You can reach the EEG Institute at www.eeginfo.com or at 818-456-5965. I would also like to thank the Nutritional Therapy Association, the NTA, for their generous sponsorship The NTA is the best, most trustworthy and reliable source of foundational nutritional education and nutritional therapist training here in the U.S. and possibly the known universe. I just can't say enough good things about this organization. You can find the Nutritional Therapy Association at www.nutritionaltherapy.com or you can call 1-800-918-9798. That's 1-800-918-9798. Tell Marcy Nora sent you. Thanks, too, to Biotics Northwest, the source for exceptional health care practitioner quality supplements for every health professional. You can reach them at www.bioticsnorthwest.com or at 1-800-636-6913. Also, be sure to visit my website at www.primalbody-primalmind.com, where you can also get my book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, Empower Your Health, Your Total Health, The Way Evolution Intended and Didn't.
1: Thanks again for listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio, hosted by Nora Gedgaudis. Come back for another great program next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel. And have a great week.